of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, your weekly dive into the hotel marketing industry. We give you tips and tricks and try to help you put more heads in beds. I'm your host, Stuart Butler. And I'm joined today with Melissa Cavanaugh. Howdy. And Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody. This topic this week is going to be on improving your hotel's conversion rate on online bookings. So we're going to kind of cover all aspects of that. This has been a topic that's hot in our office recently. We've been uh, going through a complete overhaul and redesign of our guest desk booking engine. So we've talked a lot about how can we make people convert at a more efficient rate? How can we entice people? How can we remove the roadblocks? All that kind of stuff. So we're going to cover a lot of that today. Um, And let's kick off with the kind of start of the funnel, which is people trying to decide if your property is right for them and their family, and if even if the destination is even in fact right. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's dive into what are some factors and some things that hotels can do to help get people from that initial decision-making portion of their funnel to, okay, this is definitely the right property for me. So this is the point where your property needs to shine. The, this is where all your money that you've paid, whoever built your website, this is where it comes to play. Uh, you want to make sure that your photography is clear, um, that really highlights the, the great amenities that your property has, that the design is easy, that the navigation is easy to use, and that the site loads fast, and very important that it's compatible with all browsers and all device types. Yeah, I mean, speed is, speed is important, not only because of the consumer, but also search engines look at that as a metric clear, concise navigation, making sure it's easy for them to understand where to go next. You know, what do they want to look at? Some people want to look at room types first and, you know, the accommodation listing. Some want to look at amenities first. We want to make sure anyone, regardless who they are, can get to what they want fast. And also, regardless of where they enter your site, um, whether it be on your home page or on a rooms page or on an amenities page, that wherever they land, they have an easy call to action on what to do next. So make a booking widget that is clear call to action that's easy to use on every page of the website. Yeah, and contextual, right? Because we don't want the same booking widget on every page. I'll give you an example. So if I'm on an accommodations page and I'm looking at the two bedroom ocean view suite, and I do a search, don't make me look for that room again. I'll have to find that room again. Make the search go and default to that room. Show me the other stuff too. I might be interested in in those, but don't make me have to work for it. Or the the same thing if it's a special. If I've already looked at a package, and this is the package I want because it includes breakfast, and I do a search, it shouldn't go to the generic search and I have to find that package again. Help me make the decision by making it easy for me. Yeah, I mean, the consumer has left clues throughout their entire shopping process from how they got to your site, what they're looking at on your site, and what pages they're currently on. You really want to make sure that as that consumer is going through that process, you're giving them very contextual reasons to get into that booking process. Yeah, and and different people want to do it different ways too. You know, one of the things we found a long time ago, there weren't booking widgets. There was just a a navigation item said online reservations. And then these booking widgets came and a lot of people would replace 
the navigation item with a booking widget. But what we found is if you have both, it's about a 50-50 split. 50% yeah. of mm -hmm. the people will use the widget, 50% will still click on a, a, a link in the navigation that says online reservations. So that redundancy and duplication is a good thing because different people react and think differently. Absolutely. All right, what, what else? What about in terms of selecting? We know that you know the factors that go into the, or the consideration for the consumer are, are often price, they're also the amenity set, they're the location and they're the quality, right? So those are the factors people are really looking at. So what can a hotel do to make sure that they're providing the right information for those criteria? Well, one of the things that we need to talk about are having reviews and testimonials on a site. I know that's a little bit of a hot debate um, by some hoteliers are a little nervous about that, but either consumers are going to find it on your website or they're going to leave your website and go somewhere else like TripAdvisor and go that route or Expedia or somewhere else where they're going to find reviews. So that's one way to keep people on the site. Yeah, and TripAdvisor gives you the ability for free to display the five most recent reviews, which, which is good. You can also pay them for a feed, which costs money, obviously, but you can show all the reviews. Or what a lot of people are leaning towards now, especially the flags, is, is developing their own review platform where they have a little more control than TripAdvisor. So people can review the, the hotel through the hotel, they can moderate it and they can provide that. Or if you're a hotel that's not quite ready to show, you know, three, four, five star ratings, maybe testimonials is, an, is a compromise. Maybe you can just say, here's some feedback from some satisfied guests. You know, Pete DeMeo from Myrtle Beach said it was a great stay, etc. So. So if you're not willing to jump all the way into reviews, testimonials is kind of a halfway point that can still have a similar impact. Yeah, and we've done studies, and there's been countless other people who have done studies as well. Consumers will not book without first reinforcing their, their decision with reviews. You see it on Amazon. You definitely see it through avenues like TripAdvisor. That if you don't have those reviews or testimonials on your site, they're going to leave your site and find them. So if we can keep them contained, you're going to have a better conversion rate. Yeah, and we did a whole episode, last episode, if you want to go back and listen to that, on TripAdvisor, and we talked in depth about reviews. But that, I mean, that's the, the big thing, right? If someone is on your site and, and potentially ready to book, the last thing you want them to do is leave and go somewhere else. Because if they go, for example, to TripAdvisor, now they're exposed to all the OTAs. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing you want. They picked your property. They're ready to book your property. Now you've just wasted 15, 20, 25% commission because they're mm -hmm. going to book for an OTA when you had them on your website. Yeah, and I would say go back and listen to our last week's podcast on TripAdvisor where we talk about you know customers needing the reviews, finding the reviews, and how you can do well on TripAdvisor. But the key in this podcast is really to keep them on the site, give them the tools they need, so that they can move to the next step, which is starting to choose the room and go into that conversion process. Right. Now, Melissa, you're in our analytics team, so, so you look at the data a lot. And I, I know that you've said this a lot, but the, the top two sections of a website that people look at outside of the booking process and, and landing on the homepage, obviously, are the amenities, amenities section and the, rooms. and the rooms, right? Yes. Those seem to be the two things that people care about. Hands and, down. And it depends on the person. Sometimes the rooms are important, sometimes the amenities are more important. but those are clearly very, very important factors. Yes, yes. And so that is why those two sections of, that, of the website really need to be laid out well. You need good contextual information that gives the consumer everything that they would want to know about, you know, 
if it's on the rooms page, you want good pictures with room layouts, everything that's included. Um, on the amenities page, you want to list out every amenity you could possibly think of. Uh, water features, especially if you're a vacation destination, very important. Uh, gym, location to restaurants, all those things are all very important. Yeah, and that's where having the picture of your gym from 1987 is not the right choice. Was that really short shorts? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the headbands. Take yes. that off your site because it's not doing you any favors. Spend the money on a photographer, a videographer, and if it's a virtual tour or whatever it might be, that is really what keeps people coming back to the site and choosing your property over another. Yeah, and that, that multimedia approach is, is the right one. Some people like to read. Some people like to watch videos. Some people like to look at photography, virtual tours, whatever. So make sure you do a, you know every everything you can to promote your property. This is the first time someone gets to experience your property before they actually get there. This is They should be able to feel and touch it through imagery and, and videography, like yeah. you said. And I would encourage everyone to visit your website, visit your hotel as if you were a guest. And I think that's where a lot of people forget that part. We recently did a trip to Disney World last year, and I must have gone to the Art of Animation section of Disney's website a thousand times, looked at every photo I could find, every video I could find, and I really just had to digest everything. And if your customer goes to your website and all they see is that 1987 headband short shorts workout page, mm -hmm. that's not going to be compelling. Your competitors, though, they might be doing a better job. So you want to watch that. Yeah. I mean, it's telling your website's telling the story of your property. It tells you know, what the experience is going to be like. So you've got to make sure that it fairly represents how it is today. Yes. Yeah. Photography. We're seeing a lot of folks are really investing heavily in new, updated, and continually updated photography. And, and, and the results from that seem to be really, really positive. Yeah. I mean, when you, know that, when you see that people aren't reading on websites, they're looking you want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward. Yeah. And I would say virtual tours are hot on my list as well. Right. So another another angle to look at this in terms of helping people decide on their property is is the area. Like what's going on. So two two of those things and one is vicinity to to say attractions. So if your hotel is near Disney World or near SeaWorld or or near a theater or whatever it is, that's critical. So tell people that. Show them that visually on a map or, or, you know, only five minutes walk from downtown, whatever it is. And then the other one is events. If there's stuff going on that is attracting people to the area that you're near to, tell them that. Or just, hey, this is a convenient spot or we got discounted tickets to this event. That's another asset that you might have that you can leverage to get people to book with you versus your competition. Yeah, and kind of the way I understand what you're saying is become a resource. In a lot of cases, depending on where your hotel is, they're not visiting your hotel as the destination. They're visiting your hotel because you're at the destination. You know, so becoming a resource for that destination, having content, events, things to do, really does make you more powerful in terms of getting customers to stay on your site. Yeah, and, and, and saying your strengths, right? So not every hotel in New York is close to the same thing. Right? I mean, you can get to the Empire State Building from any hotel, but some are closer than others. And if you are one of the closer ones, tell people that. You know, If you're closer to a different attraction, tell people that. You know, Just sing your strengths. And, and the other thing I would say is don't assume that everyone's landing on your homepage. That's you know, right. It used to be that 
80, 90% of your traffic would land on your homepage. And, and that's just not the case anymore. Search engines are so sophisticated in terms of matching um, searcher intent with a landing page that is relevant that a lot of people are gonna land on your blog pages, on individual room types, on amenities pages. So don't assume that everyone's seeing the highlights on the homepage. You've gotta sell people on every single page throughout your site, not just the homepage. Exactly. Well said. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so let's, we kind of covered that in terms of how do we sell people on your property. The next kind of phase in the funnel is people making sure that the product that you offer um, is right in terms of price, in terms of the, the room type, um, you know, the layout, things like that. So let, what are some factors and how can hoteliers kind of take people from that next step in the funnel further now? This is where you hope that the booking engine that you're using is really working to your advantage and works for you instead of against you. So hopefully when somebody selects a room, they've got the capability of sorting your room list in some way that makes sense to them, whether it's by price, whether it's by number of bedrooms, whether it's by number of bathrooms, by people Pop that it sleeps. Popularity, like other people have booked it, things like that. Right. So you want that capability built into the booking engine. Uh, people really do use filters and sort functionality quite a bit, we've seen on the majority of our client websites. Um, you know, you want clear messaging when, when those results are displayed. Um, sometimes there might not be a room available that, that this, the user is looking for. Give them some alternate dates perhaps that are available. Hopefully maybe that, that uh, visitor has flexibility when they're booking um, or give them alternate room types if that room type isn't available. Yeah, I mean, that's a mistake I see a lot of people in, in um, any kind of transactional website make, which is people can run into a, a dead end, right? Never let your consumer run into a dead end. If they make a search and, and it, there's no availability, give them options. Don't make that option be to bail to another website. Mm -hmm. right. Give them the next step always. Yeah, and that can be really clear to you as the hotelier. Oh, well, it says no availability, but it's really no availability for my two-bedroom you know, oceanfront, whatever it might On be. On that day. Right. Know? But the consumer sees it as, oh, the hotel's completely booked, they're bailing, and they may never be back. So be intuitive. Say, no room's available here, but here's some alternate inventory that may help you. Yeah, and that, that could, like Melissa said, be a different room <clears throat> type if they were already picked a room type, or it could be alternate dates. And, and that's mm -hmm. something, you know, the airline industry's done a really good job of in terms of allowing consumers to have flexible dates. The hotel industry has not done such a good job of that. And, um, you know, our booking engine does, which which I think is a good asset, but a lot of them don't. Um, one of the other things, too, is um, people don't always get the ability. There was a good article on Skiff this past week about being able to select individual units, um, not just a room type, right. but maybe the floor that they want to be on and, and getting a little more specific. Um, again, that's something that, that some booking engines, including us, does, but a lot do not. And, and, and I, feel, I feel like to some people that really matters. They don't want to be on the ground floor or they don't want to be high up or they don't want to overlook you know, the parking lot or whatever it is. So if you have the ability to, to give people choice and you can monetize that too, that, that can actually help you drive RevPath by saying, 
you can book a generic room or you can make a specific request. If you make a specific request, it costs you a little bit, but there's more value and people are willing to do that. So the folks that are doing it, that are our clients, are actually driving up RevPub by giving people that choice. Absolutely. <clears throat> and this probably goes without saying, but you want to have packages that are available, different specials. You want to show the lowest rates and you want to display that in a way that the customer understands that they're getting a discount. So if you're offering a AAA discount, show the full rate and show how much it's discounted so they know, oh, I am getting a deal here. Or if you've got a bed and breakfast package, again, show what it would have cost separately for that breakfast plus their, their room and then how much they're going to save by packaging it together. Um, you know, same thing, you could package attraction tickets or if you have a prepaid special, all those things really come into, into play here. Yeah, one thing that works really well as well is creating that sense of urgency and getting the customer who's shopping to move further down that process. You know, we've been playing with the only two rooms available, only one room available to get that person to kind of continue down that process. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that work very, very well. Yeah, any, any kind of carrot you can dangle in front of someone is good. Sometimes it's limited inventory. Sometimes it's, hey, the rate's about to go up. But any anything you can do to just nudge them, I think, is, is definitely good. The flip side of that is you, you can encourage people through urgency and fear of missing out. But the other option is to encourage people through affinity with others, like reassurance. Uh, we already kind of talked about reviews, which is one method of reassurance. But there, there are others, too. So showing rooms that other people have booked or how popular a specific unit type is within the property. You know, the other option too is to in, in, integrate your OTA rates and what people could pay on other sites within your own website. You know, this is a newer technology, but we are seeing some hotels adopt it and actually have a lot of success. Uh, the way this would work is, you know, in that booking process, it shows if I were to book this exact same room for this exact same date on, say, Expedia, this will be my rate. And what the goal is there is to prevent the guest from leaving your website, going back to the search engine, going back to an OTA, and browsing. You know, if you can keep them on the website, you're always going to have a better chance of getting that customer to convert. Yeah, and, and the smart way to do it is building some logic, right? Because you don't want to lose people to the OTAs, but you also you know, don't want to show the rates of the OTAs when it's lower. So having the logic in there mm -hmm. to say, okay, my rate here is par has parity or is better than the OTAs, then show the OTA rates, but don't if, if my rate here is higher than the OTAs because that's going to have the reverse effect. Yeah, and everything we're talking about here is advanced, and you want to make sure you have checks in place to make sure that if you are showing reviews, if you're showing rates, that you're always checking to make sure that the hotel is shown in the best light possible. Exactly, putting the best foot forward. So, you know, we covered some of the things, you know, we've covered the price by showing the specials, we, we've covered incentives, we've covered availability. Um, you know, so let's assume that someone has, has selected the room, okay? We've met all their criteria, the property is right, they want to book this property. Now the risk, like we said, is could they go somewhere else and book it? There's a lot of places you can book that same room. So what are some things once they get to the booking form we can do to ensure that they're going to continue and actually give us that credit card and go on and process the transaction. Right. This is probably the least sexy part of the entire process, but it's probably the most important. Um, and starting off with the basics of just what that form looks like is really important. First of all, what does it look like on a mobile phone? 
we're seeing our clients with almost 50% mobile traffic. More than 50 in some cases. In some cases, more than 50. Um, you know, how is that going to work on a mobile device? Is it easy to navigate? What can you pre-populate in that form to help the user along that doesn't have to type in, you know, everything that, that, that is really on that form? Can you get it at a later point? Right. So one, one of the ways you can do that, and a lot of people are beginning to do this, is, is rather than asking for address city state zip, ask for address zip. And then automatically from the zip, you know what the city and the state is and you can pre-populate it. It's two extra fields that that person doesn't need to fill out. Exactly. And if you have a membership program where you're asking people to log in, this can either help or hinder you. You want to make it help the people who do want to log in, but you don't want to hinder the people who don't want to log in or create a new account. So make that obvious that people could log in at this point or just continue as guests and go along their merry way. Yeah, and if you have the login functionality, make sure that, that you keep the session alive for long enough. You know, if it's, I've seen places where they make you log in and if you leave the site for 24 hours and come back, you have to re-log in and re-enter mm -hmm. a password every right. time. It's just not necessary. You know, as long as that person's not going to be able to access, say, the credit card information or something really sensitive, let that session live on longer so it's convenient for the person. You know, I, I might be shopping for a hotel and come on a Monday to the site and then come back on Thursday or Friday to, and want to complete. Don't make me have to put in my password again if it's not necessary to do so. Exactly. And you want to make the user feel confident that what they're putting into that form is secure. So you want to clearly show that the page is secure. Um, you want to offer multiple payment methods, whether it's PayPal or Apple Pay or whatever the case might be. Just make it as easy as possible for that user to, to fill out that form, know that they're in the right place, that they're not going to get hacked, um, and that it's okay to go ahead and book with you. Yeah, and the, the basic way to do that is to show you know the credit card icons, but showing a, a VeriSign or whatever your right. secure certificate is, showing that making sure that the, yeah, like you said, they're reassured. And I really love the, the folks that are beginning to offer multiple payments because I think that's just, you know, we talk a lot about frictionless right. and, and especially as we go into a mobile world where more and more people are, are searching and consuming on a mobile device, people do not want to put in a 16 or 17 mm -hmm. digit credit card on a mobile phone. They just, they're reluctant to do it. So looking for methods to avoid that either by having a login so that you already have the credit card information on file or offering apple pay like you said or paypal these other methods i think that that can really help and then if you look at the app world they're going one step further which i really like you can't really do this on browsers yet but if you look at say hotels tonight or hotels tonight what they do is they allow you to take a photo of the front and the back of your credit card and it automatically pulls all the data in and then they have that on file and you can use that credit card. So you don't have to type anything. And staying on the, the mobile track here, also make sure you have a phone number on that page and that it's clickable. So if people don't want to fill out the form or if they have a question, they just can just click that number and call you directly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the key here is when the person gets to the point where they've already selected your hotel, they've already selected a room, they're now in the booking process and you want to get them through that as quickly and seamlessly as possible. You don't want them ever having to say, I have to go check on this, I have to go find this information. You just wanna jump them into the process, make it simple. You can always collect more data on that customer after they've committed to the booking. 
Yeah, so don't ask for unnecessary information. Don't ask for their birthday during the booking process. Right. It's just not necessary. I agree. And then back to Melissa's point about the phone number, you know, I was talking to a client earlier today and they said that their call volume is up significantly and they, they attribute it to, you know, the adoption of mobile. And, and, you know, a lot of people are now using mobile to do their research, but a lot of them still, for the reasons we just talked about, want to call. So making sure that number is prominent, but also click to call, like making sure they can just touch it and it, it calls them really easily. I think that's, that's critical. And also, if they're on that mobile device, you may not necessarily need the little phone icon next to it on a browser, but on a mobile device, think about how your site responds mm -hmm. and give them nice, clear buttons to click, not necessarily links to find and you know try to fit, hit with their finger. Right. So let's assume that people are almost there. They're filling out the form. There's just that one little nagging question, right? So, so that question could be, you know, well, how much is it going to charge my credit card right now? So we, we can easily eliminate that, right? Let's show them what the deposit amount is and when the payments are due and stuff like that. What are, what are some other things that those nagging questions might be that we can eliminate right then? That's where you want to have a clear cancellation policy so they know exactly what happens if they actually click the button to book and then they're having second doubts, which hopefully they don't. But just in case, that gives them that, that clear out of what your uh, cancellation policy is. Also, something else you could show if you have one is a best break guarantee. So again, they're not going to go second guess, oh wait, let me go check one more site and see if I can get a better rate there. If you've got a best rate guarantee, that's where you want to flaunt it. Yeah, and if you look or if you consider the fact that every single customer, everyone who's listening to this podcast and everyone sitting around the table right now, right before you put that credit card in and right before you hit submit, you get a little feeling like, okay, am I making the right choice? Mm -hmm. You have to make it easy for that customer to get past that point. And that is the best rate guarantee. That's a nice, clear FAQ cancellation policy. <clears throat> and even if someone's having a bigger problem than that, give them opportunities like the phone call. And a great tool is live chat because they can ask a real person mm -hmm. at your property while they still have that session open. If that person can help that person through the, the process of you know, whatever their concern was, they can continue that booking. Yeah, I, like, I love that kind of one-two punch of an FAQ and a live chat on any kind of transactional website. And if you use them right together, what you can do is aggregate the data that you get from the live chat. So if you start seeing patterns in terms of here are the questions we often get at, the, at this point in the funnel, that then feeds your FAQ because you're saving the next person in line the job of having to contact live chat because you've already answered the question in the FAQ. Yeah, and that's one of the tips is your FAQ shouldn't be a static document. As people ask questions, update your FAQs for that. You know, the FAQ shouldn't be just, is this a great place to stay? Yes, it's a great place to stay. You know, give them specific information. Yeah, and, and the FAQ should be contextual to the to the page or the part in the funnel that consumes that because you know, the FAQ that's on a homepage or on a managed page or on an accommodations page is different than the FAQ when someone is putting in their credit card information. So really spend some time as a marketer of a hotel to think about what are all the questions that could come up to this person. And, and it varies greatly depending on destination and type of property. But what's unique to you and really answer all those. Not only is it good to help people through the funnel, 
it's also great for search, you know, because if people are asking that question about you and your property, they're probably asking that question about multiple properties. And where do people ask questions? They ask them on search engines. So if you have that question and that answer, and it's heavily sending people to your property, then that's just win-win. You can get more traffic and more qualified people and you're serving them by helping them, which means they're more likely to book you. The other opportunity you have here is to show advantages of booking directly with the property versus an OTA if those exist. So if they get free Wi-Fi or if there are some amenities that they're able to use by booking directly instead of going through the OTA, this would be a good yeah, place like to Late checkouts, right. what we mm-hmm. did. And, and yep. We did, a, I think one of our early episodes was on that about ways you can differentiate between OTA bookings and direct right. bookings. And, but there's a lot of unique things you can offer to a consumer to get them to book direct. And you're right, Set, tell them then, because that's when they're making that decision, do I book direct or do I book through Expedia? I would say lastly, but definitely not least, in terms of just the functionality of that form, is just really have out and center exactly what it is that consumer is getting. So if they've already purchased, if they have to purchase Wi-Fi, show all the options that they've purchased, or if it's breakfast or tickets or whatever the case might be, itemize their entire itinerary so they know exactly what it is that they've said, yes, I'm ready to purchase all these things. They they know the check-in date, the checkout date, the room type, and all those things. Just have it clearly laid out for them. Yeah. Uh, another thing that's coming along really rapidly, we're, we're doing a lot of experimentation with it. I know it's kind of a buzz thing in the industry right now, is personalization. On, on the web in general, but especially in the hotel space. So um, that's something to experiment with. You know, if, if when someone comes back to the site, you do know who it is, that you remember that and you, you know, hey, Melissa or hey, Pete, this is the, the room you were looking at last time. Things like that can certainly help over time improve the conversion rate. But but we're kind of getting really complicated there. And I think yeah. that's, that's probably a topic for another uh, yeah. podcast. And no matter how great of a job you do with a funnel, you don't get everybody. If somebody leaves, you do want to have some tools in place to get them back into that funnel. You know, one of the things that we found that's worked really well is creating an abandonment campaign. This would be someone who goes through the process and for some reason or another, they bail out of the conversion funnel. Sending them an email, bringing them back into that process. Bringing them back in though with their room pre-selected, their dates pre-selected, making it very easy for them to pick back up where they left off. You know, we have one property that we're doing this for in particular, and I looked at the data for it. They're getting an over 40% click-through or click-through rate on their abandonment emails. And that's pretty impressive because that person left for some reason or another. Now we're able to bring them back into that process. Yeah, it, the, the data is compelling for sure. You know, there's a reason Amazon's doing it. There's a reason Expedia's doing it when you leave their sites and you have looked at something. So in 2016, for a hotel not to be doing that on their own, own website, I think they're missing a huge opportunity. And then, you know, beyond all of this stuff, you know, every property is, is unique. So the advice that we give to everyone is to test. Test, 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 right? Test everything you do. Test the way the the buttons look, the verbiage on the buttons throughout the process. Test the color of the buttons. Test how you display your rates. You know, just test everything you're doing. Yeah, in, in a perfect test, you don't see a massive improvement because you've already made those improvements iteratively over time. Mm-hmm. 
with any test though, no matter how small it is, your goal is to constantly get your conversion rate a little bit better. Right. Does a green button work better than a blue button? We know that. Now let's move on to bold text versus not bold text. Whatever it might be, keep pushing that envelope until you really do reach your optimal performance. Yeah, and that kind of leads into, Melissa, we have a question. We do have a question from Alex B. who asks, I have a 65-unit property in Branson. What should my conversion rate be? <laughs> How long is a piece of string, right, is what that question is really asking. And, and it's hard to nail down, right? There's no right conversion rate number. We see anything, you know, from 0.5% to 5 or 10%. Right. It really depends on, you know, he said he's in Branson. It's a tourist destination, a lot of repeat visitation. So, it, it, you know, there's probably a benchmark that it should be. But the answer really to anyone asking that question is it should be higher than it is right now, you know, because it can be higher. Through testing, like we just talked about, no matter what your conversion rate is today, if it's 99%, which I doubt anyone listening has a conversion rate of 99%, <laughs> but if it was, it could be 99.1, right? Or if it's 0.5, it could be 1% or right. 2%. And in that iterative change, if you're, if you're a group of, you know, 15 hotels that makes $40 million a year, and you can increase that conversion rate by 0.1%, that's significant that's a revenue, lot of money. you know? So spending the time and the effort and the energy to test, and, and we probably need to do a, an episode on testing soon and best practices and stuff like that, but testing is critical because whatever your conversion rate is today, it, it can be better tomorrow. And that, once you made it, made it better tomorrow, you know what, it's better the next day, the next day, the next day. And you're going. And that's gonna, compounded over exactly, time. Exactly, that compound iterative improvement is what takes you from you know, making a marginal profit to making substantial profit that you can reinvest in your product, make it better, get better reviews, drive up your rev bar. So it, it's just, you know, it's a flywheel effect at that point. But testing is critical. Absolutely. So, so yes, to answer Alex B, I, I can't give you a number, but we know that it can be better than it is. Yeah. So benchmark what you have now and then pick one thing, anything, start your testing process and then see where your conversion rate is then. Exactly. So that is about it for our episode. Um, you know, we've gone through that really rapidly. Melissa, I think we need to probably turn this into a blog post at some point, the, the top, you know, X things you can do to improve conversion rate. But, um, you know, with your travel, we're here to help anyone that has questions about hotel marketing. We're a full service agency that also offers booking engines. Um, ECRM, uh, analytics dashboard, and mobile apps as well. But uh, if you want to put more heads in beds, give us a shout on Twitter at Fuel Travel. If you have questions in general about hotel marketing, then hit us up as well. And guys, where can they find you individually on the web? Melissa? I am at uh, on Twitter at M-A Kavanaugh. That's M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Pete? I'm also on Twitter at P DeMeo. It's P. D-I-M-A-I-O. And then you can find me at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. And then you can find us Fueligans uh, collectively at Fuel Travel. Uh, and you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Uh-huh.